0: A seller's real estate market has potential homebuyers in Bloomington Normal looking far and wide for a place to live.
1: We are seeing people move out to Pontiac that like really don't think that that commutes that bad.
0: The ultra-competitive housing market in Bloomington Normal coming up on WGLT's Sound Ideas. Good afternoon, I'm John Norton. Also on today's show, Warren Salzman counting his blessings three years after his heart stopped.
2: We use that, y'all, you saved my life all the time. But this actually was saved my life and gave me a second chance.
0: Salzman can hope he lives as long as these Bloomington Normal Assisted Living residents.
3: You know, it doesn't feel any different than it did when I was 99.
0: A birthday bash and champagne toast for eight centenarians. Those stories follow a Bloomington Normal News update just ahead. This is WGLT Sound Ideas on 891 FM and WGLT.org, part of the NPR Network.
4: Support for WGLT comes from Bloomington Normal Audiology. Hear My Story continues with local
1: patient Ryan Fuller and his mother Stephanie. She just put my mind at ease. She's like, hey, there's lots of kids that have hearing aids. It's so much different than what you remember and just really made me feel comfortable mom to mom.
4: Ryan and Stephanie's full story can be found at BNAudiology.com.
0: From the campus of Illinois State University in Normal, this is WGLT's Sound Ideas. I'm John Norton. As the seasonal increase in home sales picks up, realtors say there are no signs the uber-competitive bidding wars will ease in Bloomington Normal, even with a potential recession coming. WGLT's Charlie Schlenker
4: has more. There's still a shortage of homes, a big one, according to realtor Amanda Wyckoff.
5: Let's look at it this way. Several years ago, we would consider a healthy market in Bloomington Normal to have 1,200 actively listed homes. Currently, we have 79 single-family homes and 25 attached units.
4: And just two of the homes on the market now, Wyckoff says, are between $150,000 and $200,000 in price. And she says that's not likely to change, because with materials prices the way they are, she wishes good luck to any builder who thinks they can put up a house for less than 200 grand. Interest rates have been rising and will continue to do so, but the realtors say there was only one blip of an effect on the pace of sales because of that. Amanda Wyckoff says there was just maybe a two-week slowdown when Rivian announced layoffs, which coincided with action by the Fed to raise rates. Counterintuitively, Wyckoff says that brief pause actually helped a particular type
5: of client. Some people backed off of looking and it enabled those buyers that have an FHA loan or a VA loan that have been turned down on their bids for homes eight times, allowed them to actually seriously be considered for a
4: home. She says mortgage rates hit 7% for a millisecond and have dropped back into the low sixes. And historically, Wyckoff says that's not terrible at all. Because the inventory of homes in Bloomington Normal remains so low, realtor Monica Bullington says incoming residents increasingly look at bedroom communities like Leroy, Hayworth, Hudson, and Lexington.
1: They started expanding their searches wider and wider and realizing the commute really wasn't that bad. And how much more affordable those communities could be. I mean, we are seeing people move out to Pontiac that, like, really don't think that that commute's that bad.
4: Even within Bloomington Normal, some areas are harder to find homes in than others. Minu Boscar says Rivian workers also drive the trend in location.
5: Mostly what I'm seeing, they want to be close to the workplace. That's the first and foremost. Like for Rivian, people like to buy very close, like three, four miles of around Brisbane area, you know? So they, they are very upfront, they said, we don't have kids right now, we don't care about the school district, so try to find something close to our workplace.
4: Buyers who have other employers, Boscar says, don't care as much about location because work from home arrangements are more common for non-manufacturing businesses. Bhaskar says she does try to tell people that adopting a geographic radius will limit people on the price of homes they can find, but that doesn't seem to matter much. Amanda Wyckoff says the shortage may even be worse because some people who have come in to work at Rivian put down roots and then buy extra homes as a side hustle.
5: Yeah, I have a lot of folks that are investing, and particularly closer to you know Parkside, Rivian, that area, um, that have had quite a bit of success offering you know extended stay, fully furnished rentals.
4: Wyckoff says maybe a quarter of her buyers are picking up extra homes. Her group sold a total of 300 homes last year, so that's 75 investor clients just for her firm. Minu Bhaskar says it was easy enough to satisfy the first thousand Rivian employees who moved to town, but now at 7,100 workers in the electric vehicle plant, home buyers just have to be patient.
5: There are a lot of people I know who are living in hotels for last few months. They're just waiting for the right house to come. And they're waiting their turn that their offer is accepted so that they can bring their families here or they can have the home. I do hear and see that.
4: Bhaskar says if homebuyers are coming from an extended stay hotel, it can change the kind of house they look for. She says the more familiar they are with the community, the more open they are to stretching that geographical filter. Realtors also have to fight preconceptions about home prices. Many of the transplants arrive from places that have much higher home prices than Bloomington Normal does even now. Even with two years of steep jumps, Boscar says the answer to the question how much house you can buy for the money often surprises.
5: California people, when they come here, their eyes are so big when I show them a $600,000 home because they cannot buy for $1 million, 800 square footage where they're coming from. And here I'm showing a home, which is 4,500 square footage, high ceilings, amazing kitchen. It blows their mind.
4: Bhaskar says she had a tough job convincing one buyer from San Diego to look at anything under $700,000 at all. But something lower did actually turn out to be just right. Monica Bullington says those different price expectations have also changed who finds success in the market.
1: And just throw money at a, at a home seller. We've got out of town people that are winning bidding wars because a townie can't let go of the value they thought a house was worth.
4: Realtors say that mindset is responsible for a lot of the appreciation in home values of the last couple of years. Increases which don't look like they'll stop this year. I'm Charlie Schlenker.
0: Coming up tomorrow on WGLT Sound Ideas, several candidates for Unit 5 School Board have raised the idea of expanded e-learning to help the cash-strapped school district save money. That's coming up tomorrow on Sound Ideas. Every so often on WGLT, we bring you the story of an unsung community servant who's making Bloomington Normal a better place to be. It's a series we call More of That, Please. Today, you'll meet two health care providers whose lunch break turned into a life-saving event. Three years ago, on February 28th, Warren Salzman was exercising at Carl Health and Fitness Center like usual. But this turned out to be a day like no other. Salzman suffered sudden cardiac arrest at the fitness center but thanks to a quick response from the staff and bystanders he made a full recovery. Carl Health and Fitness Center has since declared February 28th, that's tomorrow, to be Warren Salzman Day. To celebrate the gym invites members of the community at large to participate in screenings and educational activities about heart health. Here's WGLT reporter Lauren Warnicke with more.
3: Warren Salzman has lifted weights most of his life and he exercises regularly. More than most, to be honest. Three years ago, he set out to achieve a major cardio goal.
2: And one of my goals was to do 100 flights on the stair climber, which I managed to do that day. And I got off and uh, was patting myself on the back. And that's the last thing I remembered. (laughs)
3: Beth Peterson is a registered nurse who works across the street from Carl Health and Fitness Center. Her routine lunchtime walk on the track was interrupted on February 28, 2020, when she and a friend discovered Saltzman. He was unresponsive. We decided to come over later that day than normal, and we were just walking up the stairs to the track, and when we got to the top of the steps, this lady was there, and she said, that gentleman over there doesn't look like he feels very well. So we just put our coats down and walked around the track, and by then he was already on the ground. Peterson's walking by happens to be pediatrician Dr. Andrea Kane who took control of the scene.
6: So when I saw that Warren was face down on the ground um, I instructed Beth to run and call for an emergency uh, to call 911 or to call use our med um, phone to be able to reach for help and I um, turned Warren over and felt for a
3: pulse at the time he had a, a weak pulse and he was agonally breathing. Saltzman then lost his pulse and the automated external defibrillator or AED which can assess heart rhythms, determined that he needed a shock. So it, it did re,
6: you know, give him a shock, and um, then we resumed CPR, and we were also you know, giving him breaths through the Ambu bag. Um, we had a whole team there, it was great. The response time was quick. Um, after three minutes, the AED reassessed his heart rate, or his um, rhythm, and indicated that he needed a second shock. Uh, and so that was also administered. CPR was continued, uh, waiting for the ambulance to arrive.
2: I've had two valve replacement surgeries, two open heart surgeries.
3: That's Warren Saltzman.
2: And uh, on the second one, apparently there were some mistakes made. Uh, the, valve, the valve was great, but something went wrong in that my left ventricle was damaged. I sustained, went into, uh, actually went into uh, heart failure and I had scar tissue on my heart that wasn't there before that surgery. And my cardiologist said, with my attitude towards working out and my attitude in general, he said he thought I could get out of heart failure in eight months to a year, you know, working out. And I got out of heart failure in about four or five months. But because of the damage that was done on that last surgery, he, he explained to me after all this happened that, I can only put so much pressure expectations on my heart now.
3: And lest you think this story is an excuse to swear off that treadmill, Carl Health and Fitness Center Executive Director Catherine Porter says exercise is almost always more helpful than harmful.
6: Exercise is a stress and it's a good stress, but there are inherent risks in exercise, and cardiac arrest is one of them. Now, it doesn't happen. It happens very, very, very rarely, Um, but I would say a few things. One, find a good, safe place to exercise um, where staff are trained, and they know what to do in the event of an emergency. Um, Another thing is check with your physician before you start
3: an exercise program, and that's, you know, everybody says that, but um, it's just really a good place to start. Carl Health and Fitness is considered to be a medical fitness center, meaning all the staff have advanced training and credentials to manage fitness programs for individuals in various stages of health. Um, We do actually um, train
6: for for medical events. We have a whole system and a response team. Um, We go through CPR training on a quarterly basis to where we're sort of going through the motions.
3: Um, In the event that something like this happens, everybody has a role and they know what to do. Personal trainer Jenna Surrata had just finished a session with another client when Salzman collapsed.
7: I was um, at our fitness desk right out here, and I see a member come up to the top of the stairs, not really vocalizing what was happening, but you could tell it was not good. So me and another trainer grabbed our first aid bag and our AED and ran up to the track, and I have never been more thankful to see Beth and Dr. Kane.
3: Despite their medical expertise, Dr. Kane, a pediatrician and registered nurse Beth Peterson, do not work in emergency medicine. I mean, I've been a nurse for almost 24 years, and I've never done CPR. That's Peterson. Um, I've worked in mother baby unit and then office. That's where I worked. So not a lot of that type of incident. None actually. Um, so definitely was a little freaked
6: out. You know, when you're out of the hospital, though, I've been, I've been part of one other resuscitation on an airplane, actually. Dr. Kane. Afterwards, when you're decompressing, I think that's when you start to feel those emotions. So I think when it is a family member or somebody that you care or love about, it would be a little bit harder. Um, but know that you are saving them, that you are their only chance at saving them.
2: You know, it's hard to put in the words.
6: Here's Warren
3: Saltzman.
2: The emotions, um, how you feel when when you do realize that these are the people that saved your life. I mean, it's you know we use that. Oh, you saved my life all the time, but this actually was saved my life and gave me a second chance. And you know when I when I came in that that day a week later, it, you know saying thank you just just didn't seem you know thanks for saving my life. It, it, but um, I think everybody knew how I felt.
3: All day tomorrow, Carl Health and Fitness Center commemorates Warren Salzman Day with free blood pressure screenings and fitness tests from 9 to 11 a.m. and 4 to 6 p.m. Visitors can also receive discounted cholesterol and glucose tests and attend information sessions about early heart attack care and using automated external defibrillators. Guests of Honor, Warren Saltzman, Beth Peterson, and Dr. Andrea Kane will stop by around lunchtime. I'm Lauren Warnicky.
0: As part of the Warren Salzman Day festivities, nurse education Educators from Carl's Stroke Program will be on site at Carl Health and Fitness Center. That'll be tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. to answer questions about stroke prevention. And WGLT wants to hear your suggestions for heartwarming stories of good stuff happening in your community. Contact us through our website, social media pages, or by emailing us at news at wglt.org. This is Sound Ideas, WGLT's news magazine. I'm John Norton. Residents of a South Bloomington-assisted living community gathered with family and friends recently to celebrate eight centenarians. The Luther Oaks facility threw a birthday bash for eight residents age 100 and older, celebrating with desserts and a champagne toast. Let's bring back WGLT's Lauren Warnicky. Have a drink.
3: That's Joe Janusik, centenarian, World War II vet, and the only gentleman celebrating at a joint birthday party honoring eight Luther Oaks residents over 100. Januzic was born July 11, 1922. Rita Mieland provides what she calls music enrichment for folks in senior communities and assisted living facilities. For the birthday party, she played an array of songs from each decade of these centenarians' lives, starting with the 1923 banger, Yes, We Have No Bananas. Margaret Donza was born November 26, 1922. She came to live at Luther Oaks a little over a year ago. Margaret, happy birthday. How does it feel to be 100? You know, it doesn't feel any different than it did when I was 99. What do you know? (laughs) And what do you like to do in your spare time?
5: Well, I think everybody has to have a hobby and I so. And I sew in my spare time. I've made wall hangings and and I made, Wait, well, before I came here, I made many, many, many quilts.
3: Margaret, how old are you? 102 and a half. That's Margaret Parkinson, the second of three Margarets on the birthday board for the party. So how are you feeling today? How's plodding along the same as ever
5: Uh Uh
3: and what does it mean to be celebrated like this
5: well it's kind of embarrassing i think why well i've never had any birthday parties because my birthday's in august and we were always gone
3: parkinson was born august 9th 1920 Her family was usually on vacation during her birthday, so this is one of the only parties like this that she's ever had. How does it feel now to be having a big celebration?
5: Yes, we're counting all of them together. Yeah,
3: yeah. And you're okay with sharing? Sure. (laughs) I'm Grace Sturgeon, S-T-U-R-G-E-O-N. So Grace, when was your birthday? Uh, Valentine's Day. Oh my
1: goodness! And how old are you now?
3: 100. How does it feel? That's a big deal. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Great. And so this is a joint celebration for all of you who turned 100, right? Right. right. Okay, so what are you going to do to party? To party? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to enjoy every minute of it. Molly Lichen is the youngest of the eight centenarians having turned 100 on February 20th. Lichen is from North Carolina. Marriage brought her to Bloomington Normal over 50 years ago. She likes to listen to books on tape in her spare time but is a known card shark at Luther Oaks.
1: Molly in her day was a very good bridge player.
3: That's Margaret Parkinson age 102 and a half. Oh, really? She's a card shark?
1: Pardon? She's a card shark? Well, yes, so am I.
5: (laughs) And and we knew the um, uh, special kinds of bidding and so on and had a great time doing that and usually won. So who else is in the bridge club? I just got out because I can't see enough anymore.
3: Molly Lichen.
5: Ever ever since I moved in here
3: we, we play bridge. And I hear you were quite the card shark. I
5: don't know about that. <laughs> Who said that? Who said that?
3: <laughs> Grace Sturgeon keeps busy in other ways. Yeah, I do more physical stuff. Oh, okay, like what do you like to do in your free time? Do all the exercise programs that are offered including Zumba. Oh my goodness, that's so athletic. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Luther Oaks Executive Director Phil Bachman says having eight centenarians at the facility is almost unheard of.
7: Yeah, this is incredibly unusual to have eight centenarians in a continuing care retirement community. And I think the thing that is most amazing to me is that five of the eight continue to live completely independently in our independent living uh, side of the of the community luther oaks has uh, its own golf club uh, that during the the warm months golfs every monday morning Uh, we have a resident-led genealogy club a resident-led art club resident-led bridge competitions
3: Oh I heard about the bridge, yeah.
7: The bridge the bridge is fierce.
3: It's kind of like it's giving them a, a purpose, right? That they're not simply biding their time.
7: Absolutely. It's you know, I I, I think of uh, something called the blue zones. Those are places around the world where pockets of of communities live the longest and there's various characteristics of each of those blue zones that they share in common. And I can't remember all nine of them, but um, one of them is living in community and having a a high level of social interaction, which is what we have here at Luther Oaks. Another one is wine at five, and we we have a vibrant happy hour every Friday. Another part of, of longevity, according to those that live the longest in the world, is, is having a, a spiritual connection. And we have an on-site chaplain here, uh, Pete Weedman, who provides interdenominational um, spiritual care. And, uh, and so we, we really try to pattern who we are after those principles that foster healthy living.
3: All of us here at WGLT are raising our glasses to Jo Janusic, Margaret Donza, Margaret Parkinson, Molly Lichen, Grace Sturgeon, Donna Maurer, Marianne Moore, and Margaret these Happy birthday.
0: that sound ideas today. WGLT's news magazine is made possible in part by Bloomington Normal Audiology. I'm John Norton with story help today from WGLT's Lauren Warnicki and Charlie Schlinker. The show is produced by Samantha Hill. This is 89.1 FM, WGLT and WGLT.org, part of the NPR network.